1: This is Mick Berry of Keith Moon, The Real Me, and you're listening to the Rock and Roll Archaeology Project. History in Five Songs with host Martin Popoff, A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock
0: out. With Martin, all right. welcome back, Martin Popoff. Here with another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Okay, there's a few interesting developments here. Uh, Christian from Head Office Pantheon Media came by, um, and did a few microphone adjustments. He came to Toronto. He met with all the Toronto peeps uh, over here who have podcasts on Pantheon Media. And, um, yeah, it's exciting times at the company, but, uh, no, it's very cool. We did, uh, we did a little bit of, uh, work on my system here. I'm, uh, I'm using headphones, uh, to, uh, to, to do this now. Um, so yeah, um... I think you'll see some improvements in the audio. Another thing that has happened, I have started a Facebook group uh, for History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, and uh, and I'm getting a lot of nice suggestions there. And uh, that brings me to this episode because uh, I want to thank a few people and I want to mention... Um, some of these suggestions uh you know in in pertinent context with what we're going to talk about so this episode of history in five songs with martin popoff we are going to look at the birth of american power metal now power metal is uh is an interesting term um let me explain um so power metal is uh okay let's go let's look at it this way um I've talked to, uh, you know, the people on Facebook uh, about this, my buddies, um, and it was a discussion. I want to uh, give a little shout out here. Augustine Garcia de DePretis, Guy Thetes, Alan Cole, Dan Drago, Adam Morris, Kenny Kessel, Thomas Hackney, John Moore, Chris Caponegro, and Blaise Barshaw. We have been talking about this and, you know, there's a bit of back and forth. And I say, well, you can't really do, uh, you can't really do history in five songs power metal or even proto power metal, because here's the problem. So power metal is, is a type of heavy metal that, uh, kind of emphasizes sword and sorcery. It's got a few different characteristics. It's got, uh, you know, twin leads, high vocals, uh, kind of a classical basis to what, uh, to what is going on in there. Um, and it has a lot of roots in basically traditional metal. It is a traditional form of metal. So, you know, you could go all the way back to... I like to make the argument that you could go back all the way back to Uriah Heap with the conceptual stuff and demons and wizards uh, and those kinds of lyrics, those fantasy lyrics. But also Judas Priest is a big one, except is in there. Um, Iron Maiden is in there. Now, Iron Maiden is kind of the transition band, and here's where we kind of... Um, I have an interesting idea where we can look at a European episode of history in five songs and this American one that that we're doing now because power metal kind of simultaneously starts up and I I like to have as a uh, as a demarcation point I want I want this to be post maiden so it's post priest first of all then post maiden we're kind of into a second wave so I like to say that that power metal starts proper uh, where you can actually um, discern a sound and a wave and, and frankly, just like the new wave of British heavy metal as sort of, uh, a sort of army coming up of these bands. Um, so yeah, 1983. Uh, and like I say, there, there is a whole European thing we're going to talk about, but I want to talk about the American ones. So where do we go with this? Um, Interesting uh, concept. I mean, the, the idea of power metal, uh, the term power metal, funny uh, funny trivia for you, Metallica used to call themselves power metal. And they had a good point because power metal is a, you know, it should be a super powerful metal, right? Um, Metallica, it was the sor- first sort of notch up to that. Thrash, uh, you know, it eventually became the term. Um, but power metal is something that you might think applies more to something like a Metallica, to thrash. And then later on, Pantera actually had one of their indie albums called Power Metal. So again, they were making a heaviness, a, you know, heaviness upon heaviness on Metallica. They should be called Power Metal. But this stuff got called Power Metal instead. Now, why is it called Power Metal? I mean, I, I feel... Often I, I consider some of the most egregious power metal, some of the really melodic European stuff with a lot of keyboards. I even call it ballerina metal or frilly sleeves metal because it gets very dramatic and very classical and Renaissancey and, like I say, melodic. And at that point, I'm wondering, well, you know, this is actually kind of a not very powerful form of uh, of heavy metal, so why should it be called power metal? You know, the other reason I think you could include that term in this is because... It is about demons and wizards and dragons and power and magic. So... So in that respect, there's there's kind of a kind of a lyrical or a you know artistic use of the word power in power metal. So, um, okay, so let's uh, let's get started with some music. I've babbled long enough. Um, I'm going to introduce this one and then and then let's uh, let's talk a little bit. So our first one in our history and five songs uh, of uh, the birth of American power metal or American power metal is uh, is Dio. Take a listen to this. This is a little bit of Don't Talk to Strangers. Music ah! All right. So uh, I'm cheating a little bit here because Dio, just like the Ozzy Osborne band, um, you know, Dio is not particularly an American band, but the leader of the band, the driving force of the band is as American as you can get. He's American as apple pie. You know him. You love him. Ronnie James Dio from upstate New York. So we've got Ronnie in there. He's Italian. We've got Vinny Apice. He's Italian. They're the two Italians in the band. He's a New Yorker, they're they're very very American dudes. So that's kind of cool. Um but we do have uh Viv Cam- Campbell who is from Ireland and we have uh Jimmy Bain who is uh is Scottish, uh the bass player in there and they're and they're you know the chief kind of music writers. Jimmy's coming from a band called uh, Sweet Savage, so they're sort of a uh, new wave of British heavy metal band. That's why you get this great, uh, this great uh, feel in there of the new wave of British heavy metal. Now Ronnie also always talked about how he was um, he was very British at heart. He loved the British bands. He loved Britishness. Period. So so you know Britishness uh, coming from the new wave of British heavy metal. There's there's sort of the birth of power metal in there as well. But what you hear with this song. You know, I wanted to pick this one. It's a little bit of a deeper album track off of uh, the 1983 album, May 1983 Holy Diver. Uh, but I wanted to show you that fast picking, that melodicness, that slight classicalness that uh, that defines power metal. So there you go, Ronnie's in here. You know, and and also a super important is um, is the fact that Ronnie is your uh, you know original cliched sometimes you know denigrated as your your rainbows and magic and wizard kind of uh, lyricist. So he's the big big, big guy doing this. He started doing this in Rainbow. And like I say, er, I said earlier, it derives a little bit from your eye heap as well. But this is a big tenet of power metal, especially European power metal. Um, so Ronnie's in there, uh, you know, giving us the the sort of imagistic, artistic oeuvre of uh, of the whole thing uh, with what he does. Okay. So, moving on, uh, it's, uh, it's basically the next month, or no, two months later in 1983. Um, take a listen to this. This is uh, Manowar with Gloves of Metal off of Into Glory Ride, their second album.
1: Hear the pounding.
0: All right, so there's Manowar. Um, You know, Manowar belongs in here you don't hear a lot of a power metal sound out of their music. I mean, it, it is epic. It's a little bit trashy though. They have kind of a really earthy, um, you know, American heavy metal sound, but you know, they touch down on, on all the power metal tropes all over the place. Another one being the gallop. Um, you know, that's a big thing that comes from, well, originally deep purple, hard loving man coming up through definitely iron maiden. Um, so Man of War is in there with that, but also they are big, 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 uh, as part of this because they've always kind of stayed in this, in this power metal oeuvre moving forward, but a lot of their songs are about heavy metal and power metal does that too. And it's about Vikings and, and war and big clashes of, uh, you know, metal and swords and shields, you know, they got swords and steel and, and metal in, in many of their album or song titles, um. And, you know, they also dress the part, uh, you know, they're working out, they got the big muscles, but they've got, you know, the, the, the Viking kind of look to them. Uh, so so they belong in this for a lot of reasons, uh, but they, they are a little bit of an anomaly uh, music-wise, um, but not, you know, not lyric-wise. And again, uh, actually to bring up another point, power metal uh, is is uh, characterized by high vocals, high operatic vocals. That's something that comes from Rob Halford. Um, but you definitely hear that in Eric Adams. Uh, you don't get that in Ronnie. Ronnie James Dio is uh, is more of a unique thing unto himself. Um, but Eric Adams, you hear this, you know, every, every musician, every vocalist, everybody's striving to, uh, to be higher and faster, uh, that's kind of the idea of power metal as well. It's it's operatic, it's theatrical. Man of War is definitely a very theatrical. I picked this album because it's almost like... Um, it's almost like their trouble run to the light. it's it's the second difficult album. it's murky, it's kind of underground. Uh, they get they get a little more um, you know defined and power metal and focused and tra- and frankly better recordings uh, as we move on uh, through the career. So there's our number two in history in five songs with Martin Popoff. Let's take a short break and hear from our sponsors.
1: When we dropped the first few episodes of Rock and Roll Archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago, little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts. Since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration, the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled with shows like Deeper Digs in Rock, Rock and Roll Librarian, Muses... Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the shows you've come to love. We look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our Pantheon of Rock and Roll and find them all at pantheonpodcast.com. Keep up the rocking.
0: All right, we're back. So moving on. Uh, in our survey of early American power metal, again, um, as I've as I've uh, you know talked about on our on our Facebook group, I didn't feel like you could do just power metal as an umbrella thing. I didn't feel that be, because there's there's too many bands, uh, and I like this American European divide, and I didn't feel we could really do proto power metal because there's just too many things basically all of heavy metal history except american bluesy boogie based rock you know that that's that stays out of it but basically anything british or german um uh is is essentially proto power metal okay so Back to our uh, our track list. Uh, we are just, we're still in 1983. We're into September 1983. This is Queensryche with Queen of the Reich. Take a listen. And the light on the castle Right. So you, you really can't get more power metal than that. And that is European power metal. Uh, but Queensryche happens to be from Seattle. Um, so basically, they came out with this this uh, you know world-beating EP that blew everybody away because, uh, like a band we're going to talk about when we do talk about European power metal, Halloween, uh, Queensryche were essentially um, you know the faster, higher, more professional, everything more extreme version of Iron Maiden, and you can hear that with this. You've got this impossibly high vocalist in Jeff Tate. He's he's power metal you know du jour, quintessential power metal singer and you know this song's called Queen of the Reich they've got a song in here called Lady in Black Um, and it's just very well recorded it's fast it's high you know the guitarists are excellent Jeff is the ultimate vocal technician like he's way beyond even what Rob Halford did in his prime uh, on this and moving forward you know once we do an episode on progressive metal Reich is definitely going to rear its head again because basically Reich became um, somewhat more in the camp of what we would call progressive metal than power metal, as time moves on. But you know, the warning still feels like a power metal album. Uh, that's their their debut album, their first album from the following year, 1984. Uh, but this EP is just is just a, an actual hallmark, landmark, um, you know, stone cor- corner of of power metal. Uh, so there you go. So moving on. We stay in uh, the American Northwest for uh, a little tactical unit uh, we all know and love called Metal Church. This is a little bit uh, of the title track off of the first album, title song. Uh, This is Metal Church. Take a listen. Okay. I love this song. As I said on a previous episode, somewhat facetiously, you know, maybe I, I consider Overdrive, um, Dream Away, as the greatest riff of all time. Well, often I often call this song, Metal Church, um, the, the riff on this, the greatest riff of all time. It's absolutely a stunner, Kurt Vanderhoof. Um, great band. So why I like the the choice of Metal Church in here, 1984. Uh, as a um, as a cornerstone of power metal, is that they are a uniquely American power metal. Like, what I like about the the whole American power metal thing is it's a little more traditional, earthy, gritty. It's not so much based on keyboards. It doesn't have to be the high vocals. It doesn't have to be super fast. Um, there's just this sort of traditional metal thing that comes, frankly, more from the likes of, uh, of your Ronnie James Dio, I mean, or the Dio band, Um so, uh Metal Church is a perfect example of one of these. They're they're a problem band in that some people consider them almost a thrash band because they have quite a few fast songs. They ran in the same uh circles as Metallica. They they, you know, supported Metallica on their on their Master Puppets tour. Um and and moving forward though, uh they they do have this sort of cool blocky earthy but still very technical sound um and that's why i i kind of consider them power metal a uh, great underrated band check them out i i believe the human factor i think that's let me think uh up up to like the fourth album or so is one of the greatest heavy metal albums of all time uh, vastly vastly underrated uh you know the band was always bubbling under they they didn't do that great um David Wayne uh, passed on, the original vocalist. He was replaced by Mike Howe. Ronnie Monroe later was one of the great, great frontmen I've ever seen live. Really cool dude. Um, But anyways, uh, Kurt Vanderhoof is an absolute musical genius. He had had bands like Hall of Flame, uh, Presto Ballet, a prog band. He's he's one of these great musicologists like a Mike Varney from U.S. Metal or even a King Diamond or Michael Denner, uh, both of those guys from Merciful Fate. Uh, yeah, so he he totally knows his stuff. He he does he does great stuff. And what I want to um, what I want to mention at this juncture as well, um, Metal Blade Records. Brian Slagle, really deserves a lot of credit in this in this birth of power metal. I've even said you know he he's he's influential in the birth of thrash and being Lars's buddy and helping Metallica off the ground, but also hair metal. But I just wanted to mention um, you know from the from the twentieth anniversary box. <clears throat> a few of the bands that fit into this American power metal, you know, we used to kind of joke and call this poverty metal because there was kind of an indie scene in the States. Uh, and and a lot of this is coming out of L.A., and L.A. doesn't get a lot of credit for this. But um, I'm just going to rattle off a bunch of names because all of these bands belong in this American power metal Um uh, sort of oeuvre okay so starting off at disc one so w- so you know this is pretty chronological we've got malice bitch demon flight armored saint warlord uh let's see witch killer um fate's warning a little more of a progressive metal band omen lizzie borden uh nasty savage who else did we mention here sound barrier uh flotsam and jetsam hallows eve uh, so moving on, we're into disc three of the, uh, the 20th anniversary box. We've got, uh, let's see, we've mentioned most of these. Heretic, uh, which, is, which is your Mike Howe from, uh, from Metal Church Early Band. Uh, you know, Anvil. You could include a little bit in the power metal thing, and that's kind of it. It's, it starts to peter out, but you know, '83 to '85. That's a that's a whole swack of bands that you can include in this American power metal thing, and most of those are, like I say, in that. In that bikerish, gritty, more traditional metal thing, very different from what you would get from the European thing, which which has a lot more keyboards and a lot more high singers and a lot more. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know this idea about Schlager music, this um, you know, this this uh, German folk music thing, which which kind of uh, you know leaches into uh, this this very melodic. Kind of uh, you know, hum. You know, I guess Finland. No, Humpa music is more like polka. But you know, this this drinking Oktoberfest types type thing. This soccer chant, um, you know, football match type uh, melodies. That uh, if and when we do a European one, I probably should. Uh, to ma- you know, it's it's the bookend of this one. Um, when we talk about that, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, about melody. So okay. So moving on, um, we've done four. Let's uh, for number five. I want to go with Jag Panzer. This is harder than steel, off of their tantamount, a, a completely crucial debut album, "Ample Destruction." This is from August 1984. Take a listen. Never listen to All right, so Jag are a super important band in this. Um, you know, because, okay, first of all, they they had this debut. They had a lot of trouble with labels. They had a lot of career trouble. This is a band out of Colorado. Basically, it drops off after this, but everybody loved Ample Destruction. Killer, killer power metal album, technical metal, a little bit going into Prague. Um, you know, in, in the vocalist, Harry the Tyrant, Tyrant Conklin, um, Really, really cool guy, great singer. Um, he's operatic, but he also has this, uh, you know, this earthiness to him as well. A little bit of Eric Adams man of war in him, but you know, they're 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 the leather and studs, you know, derived from Judas Priest kind of thing, but just a really spirited, epic sort of metal sound. And the other reason I want to include them in this thing is because when they had their reunions later on, uh, or reunion later on, I suppose, um. They put out uh, a lot of uh, albums uh, really good quality albums that really speak to this American power metal thing. I mean, basically, they're the big American power metal band of the modern day, along with uh, definitely Iced Earth. Um, you know, I'm not including Iced Earth in here uh, because we are talking about, I, I've everything I've picked is from 1983, 84. This is why I call it History in Five Songs because I'm trying to, you know, do a lot of the historical roots of, of anything we're talking about here. But Iced Earth, John Schaefer, gotta love the guy. Um, basically, they are the massive massive american power metal band second in command would be a jag panzer of the modern era so there you go um that is um your treatise on the very early days of american power metal um you know go to our new facebook group um chime in there uh, you know it's uh, you, we're talking there it's really cool um, so we're having discussions about this stuff the episodes what to include what not to include you'll see that there's some discussion about uh, uh, heavy metal Christmas songs uh, we might do that one later on um, but yeah you can go to the Facebook group um, History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff or you can go straight to my page or my uh, what do you call them one, one's a page one's a public person persona thing but I've got two Martin Popoffs as well you can you can chime in there, or you can email me at martinp at inforamp.net. You can look up my books at martinpopoff.com. My email address is there as well. Uh, and that is it for now. Boy, this has been a pretty long episode, Um, but I uh, I quite enjoy doing this because I do love this uh, this concept of breaking power metal into a European uh, phalanx and, a, and an, an American wave um, because they are kind of two different things. They come together. They make this beautiful music we call power metal. All right. That's it for now. See you again next time. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology.
1: fantasy points